Hi, Louie. Hi, Gavin. How are you? I'm great. I'm feeling um, crazy and rich. <laughs> Except the opposite. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mixed Reviews. Welcome, guys. We are a podcast where us two bozos... Mm-hmm. Bo- is bozo a thing? Yeah, bo- bo- let's bring it back. Bozos! Bozos. Uh, talk about movies. We take a subject, and we take two weeks, and we learn as much as we possibly can about it. Yeah. Then we come and we vomit it back out at you. Just open your mouths up like baby birds, and mm. we're feeding you. Oh. Mm. Delicious nutrients. Delicious, delicious opinions. <laughs> um, if you'll notice, there's probably some background noise because we have a window open because it's still August in New York City. It's kind of nice. I like the window it, open. It's, it's bringing nice. energy. Honestly, I'm barefoot in your house. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm feeling. When is your last tetanus shot? <laughs> um, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel good. I feel good about our subject. I feel good about um, all the work we did for this episode. Yes. Yeah, we did a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so, so a lot accolades on us. People so, guys, on. yeah, exactly. So, uh, that's how great we are. Before we get into um, this week's, let's take a quick look at some old business. Um, our last episode, we looked at um, Ewan McGregor. Yes, who um, from the reaction we got online and, and Twitter um, made lots of people's pants dance. <laughs> Yes, you correct, know, correct. Um, and, Weirdly enough, not the audience he wants. Not the. I mean, I think he'd be happy to know, though. No, he I seems think, like a guy who's no, like yeah, pretty I cool think, about it. Oh, but. for sure. Yeah, I don't think he'd be mad at all. No. Um, so we asked you guys to go on Twitter and to vote for what your favorite Ewan McGregor movie is. Um, and I'm just gonna cut to the chase with no uh, like pretense. Moulin Rouge came out on top. Oh yeah, that's this. That's the fan favorite. Like, what was it like? Fifty three percent. Fifty three percent. Moulin crazy. Rouge. Um, Train Spotting eked out a second place finish with seventeen percent. Velvet Goldmine came in with sixteen percent, and Big Fish got fourteen percent. I have no ill will against Train Spotting. I do think it's overrated though. So, whatever, guys. I like Chain Spotting. I, th- I thought it was very interesting. I, the, one of my favorite things about this podcast is being able to go back and watch these cultural yeah. touchstones. Um, well, I, I mean, I don't know. I went to college at a time where I had at least three different roommates who had the train spotting, like, true. poster, the choose life thing. And it's like, okay, guys. So yeah, thank you guys for coming out and voting. Um, and let's get into today's, um, this episode's uh, subject. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're talking about the luminous, the glorious, the, the legendary, the legendary Michelle Yeoh. Oh my God. I am so happy to do Michelle Yeoh. I know. That sounds weird. So happy to do Michelle Yeoh as a subject. <laughs> there you go. Good, yes. good qualifier. Um, yeah, I'm really happy you, uh, suggested her and I'm even more happy that I get the pleasure of going through our rewind. Um, to be frank, I hadn't watched a lot of things and even the things that I had seen, like I'd seen Tomorrow Never Dies, but it didn't yeah. register to me who this person was. Um, this Bond girl. Yeah. Um, One of the first Bond girls that they ever discussed doing a spinoff. Yeah. Of because she was so popularly received. Also, on top of that, one of the first Bond girls who, like, actually seems to have, I don't know, autonomous thoughts. Right, uh, right. A life outside of James Bond. Like. Like, because even in some of the other movies where it's, like, a female secret agent, you're like... How did you get this job? Right. Anyways, Bond is like a secret passage of mine. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a Bond week. Who knows? Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was really happy, um, to be talking and to be researching about Michelle Yeoh. Her career is so varied. Yeah. And interesting. And she's so iconic for a lot of different reasons, I think. And, yeah. um, and she's right up there when you think of like, uh, in the Western, like in our, through our American eyes, thinking about Asian actors, um, and Asian in the sense of like not Asian American, but coming from right. Japan, um, 
China, Korea, any yeah. of the Asian uh, countries. The fair-skinned Asian countries. Correct. Um, it's, you think Jackie Chan won, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jet Li. Yeah. And honestly, uh, on the female side, it's, you know, it's Michelle Yeoh and Zhang Ziyi. Mm-hmm. Um, and who doesn't do a lot of American movies right, anymore. Yeah. Right. And, and it's well, one of the great things also is Michelle Yeoh has touched um, a lot of these characters in her movies and so yeah. for me as a um, audience member I was able to be like oh Michelle Yeoh has worked with Jackie Chan has worked with Jet Li yeah. has worked with like all Donnie these Donnie Yen yeah. and yeah Don uh, Lee and yeah on and on it's, it's, it's great so I think we have a very good episode for everyone yeah absolutely so let's get into the rewind Okay, so Michelle Yeoh's uh, biography is a little bit scattershot um, on the internet. So yeah, the, the, I, the negative aspect of doing this is because she is not a white American-born celebrity, uh, you you don't get as as much detail as we right. got as say someone like Jane Fonda or Michael Douglas. Right, but I'm going to do my darndest. Um, so she her birth name is Yang Zi Kong, which is me. Um, <laughs> trying my best. There will be some bad pronunciations in this episode. We apologize profusely ahead of time. Right. There you go. There you go. Uh, so she was born in the mining town of Ipo in West Malaysia. She was born in August 6, 1962. Um, and she... If you find interviews with her, and she's one of the best interviewer also. Oh my she god, loves, she's so good. Yeah. She loves, not only, I, it feels like she's never like bored or like um over it. She feels so natural and just like relaxed. Like I love her energy. Um, and so she's always described herself as super competitive and athletic. Um, she says that she was swimming and diving as a child a lot. She was a dancer from a very young age. Now, you did mention that she's from Malaysia. She is ethnically Chinese. Uh, her right. family is mixed uh, Hokkien and Cantonese. Right. Sorry, I just right. wanted no, to throw no. that out there. And on- honestly, that's also such an interesting part of this. Like, I-, I found myself going to the internet so often after watching her movies Um and it's kind of like that thing for me, like for me, it's the movie Selena <laughs> was cast with Jennifer Lopez, who is a Puerto Rican woman. She's Latina, but she's Puerto Rican. Selena is a Mexican American woman. And there was like all this outrage. Same thing happened for Michelle Yeoh in say Memoirs of a Geisha, yeah. which um, is Japanese and right. she is a Chinese Malaysian. Yeah. Um, and she, I mean, Michelle Yeoh has played every Asian character under the sun um but that is why that is relevant when she was 15 she her family moved um to the uk um her parents i believe one is a lawyer and one was a teacher um and she was she studied ballet at the royal academy in london um which is great yeah which had to be amazing right right um she had a brief dance career um and during this time also um I'm going to reference a lot of this uh, GQ article that just came out by Michelle Look. Um, and it's a, it's an excellent, um, article. I posted it to our Facebook if you want to go take a read on it. Um, she's, she writes that <laughs> Michelle Yeoh's mom made her, um, enter the, uh, Miss Malaysia pageant and to get her mom, like, to, be done with it and get over it. She entered, except she won. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Malaysia. My name is Yo Chu King. I'm a graduate and I come from Epo. Like a very casual, like, ugh, I guess I'll do it, Mom. And then she won. Um, she had her dancing career derailed. She had a, um, 
a back injury yeah. um, her final year of school. Um, so, which can you imagine? Like yeah. that's like when you're a dancer. I used to dance. Um, you wouldn't know it from looking at me. But uh, I used to. I took tap and jazz for a, a number of years, fifteen years to be exact. And um, and to be trained from such a young age. I started when I was three. Yeah. To train for something from such a young age, and then to be told you can't do it anymore. And that's after you've like joined like one of the most prestigious right. dance academies in the world. How heartbreaking. Yeah. And yet, I was always a little ballerina who had dreams to be a ballerina and one day have her own school and all that. Uh, and it was a back injury, uh, and I was told that I could not ever dance again. But, but, I could still be involved with the dance world, hence being a choreographer, a teacher, I could continue in that path. So I packed my little ballet shoes and went back to college, university, and I went on to do a degree in dance, and I minored in drama. And at that time, I will, I assure you, I hated it with such a passion. <laughs> I never thought that one day I would be an actress because I had stage fright. According to this article, she says, I was in Kuala Lumpur, and she had just come back from a squash game. Um, she picks up a phone, and it's a friend. And the friend was in Hong Kong, having dinner with Dixon Poon. Very ridiculous name. Um, but he is a Chinese mogul who um, owns D&B Productions. Um, and he was telling this friend of Michelle Yeoh is that he was looking for an actress to star in TV commercials. And if she knew anyone. So she calls her friend Casual Miss Malaysia, <laughs> Michelle Yeoh, and says, come over right now to Hong Kong. Like, I have a job for you. So my girlfriend, Malaysian girlfriend, turned around and said, oh, in her wallet, in Hong Kong. She whips out my photograph and say, how about her? And he <laughs> said, yes, please, can you invite she her cute. to come? Yeah, yeah she's kind of <laughs> cute. A little chubby, but kind of cute. And I was given the opportunity to play opposite Jackie Chan in a, in a watch commercial. And that was how it all began. That is the beginning of her just like, meteoric rise in Asia as the go-to girl for um, these action movies. She's now, now, the weird thing is, too, DB Films, uh, uh, D&B Films, for some reason decides her name isn't marketable right. to a Western audience. So if you start watching a lot of her earlier films, she's often credited as Michelle Khan, K-H-A-N. Yeah. And of course, later in life, she was like, no, no thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Khan, I guess, is maybe more like a Western audience can say right. it. And I, guess, and I guess the whole thing, like Jackie Chan, like it's a very simple, you know, right. Jet Li. But like, it's weird that she has to be the one changing right. the name. Her big breakout though is in 1985 and that's in yes madam yes and this movie spawns the genre of uh kung fu films also known as wuxia films uh the well, guns and girls genre yeah the girls and guns genre the the wuxia films like they're forever yeah, like, yeah yeah i had been around forever because those are more historical kung fu movies. yes and these are more like like think of like Sylvester Stallone and Cobra right, or like, right. you know, but starring Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> it's, it's Michelle. And it's as far as I can tell it's, and, and for her specifically, because starting with this movie and going throughout her, that, that 
part of her career. It's all about like, uh oh, girls beating up boys. Right, right. She's never really overtly sexualized. No, um, no, and that's the crazy thing. I would say yes, madam is probably the one where she's maybe the most sexualized in terms of the girls with guns, and even that, it's very, very on the surface, and it's more about them telling. Uh, her partner, Cynthia, played by Cynthia Rothrock, that she's ugly. Right. And it almost feels like, I don't know if this is an American thing, a Western thing. Um, I guess I haven't seen enough of, uh, Girls and Guns movies that do not star Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> uh, whether or not these other women were sexualized, I'm, uh, if I know men, I'm sure that they were. But, uh, for her, at least, Anytime a guy would be like, get into the kitchen or whatever, she ends up kicking their ass. Yes. And that's part of the, the story. Um, so she does Yes, Madam. And like, there's like a huge run of just like these movies. Um, 1986 was in the line of duty, which came out in, uh, also known as Magnificent Warriors. Yes. Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> which is really great, except also. The most ridiculous. Well, I was going to say, it escalates to a point where I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Literally, the bad guy at the end of the movie is holding the coffin of her partner. Was it her partner? It was like a potential love interest who was a partner who dies. Who who kills himself so Michelle Yeoh won't get killed. Mm -hmm. And he's holding his coffin hostage. And he's going to blow Michelle Yeoh up if she shows up. Right. He says, it's bait. He's like, I'm not going to let your friend rest in peace. Uh Uh-oh, you better come get him. (laughs) And it's a coffin in a crane. It's ridiculous. But her performance in that movie, and unfortunately, like, I will try and include as many audio clips as I can. Most of them are in Cantonese, occasionally in Mandarin. But, but you know, Michelle Yeoh speaks multiple languages, yeah. so I will do what I can. But uh, but the, the scene where she, like, is on television and they're like, what are you going to do now? And she's like, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, yeah. And the cops yeah. are like, you can't say that. And she's like, I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> like, I love her so much. Yeah. So uh, thank you for bringing that up. Michelle Yeoh speaks English, Malay, and um, Cantonese. Cantonese. Um, in the roles that she has to speak Mandarin or um, she's Burmese and the lady, yes. she learns all her lines phonetically. Yes. And it is so impressive. Yes, it is very impressive. I will, uh, I'll probably come back to this later, but uh, reportedly Ang Lee made her cry on her first day, which I can't even imagine doing because he wanted the Mandarin so precise. Right. And she had never spoken it before. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but she got him back later and I'll, I'll get into that. Um, so also just to, like, really paint a picture. Michelle Yeoh has said, you know, she, she's, her career as a dancer was derailed with, by this injury. And you gotta, yourself thinking like, she, she in Yes Madam saw, she got on set, saw that everyone was doing their own stunts. So she decides I'm gonna do all my own stunts and all her own work. And she has said in interviews, it's all about controlling your body. And as a dancer, it was just a different type of choreography. Yeah. Um, And she said, you know, as a career dancing, you needed to do the stuff every day and it was, it would be impossible. But on movies, she was like, I could handle shooting a movie and doing these like really intense shoots and stuff and it wouldn't like ruin my life essentially. And, and that's one of the brilliant things about watching her too is she is so graceful. And that's not to say any of yeah. that her co-stars are not, but a lot of it about for them, it's about precision and like, mm-hmm. you know, just hitting, hitting your marks as fast as you can. And with her, there's like, I don't know how to describe it. There's a fluidity yeah. that obviously comes from that dance background that you don't get with everyone else. It almost feels like she truly embodies that, like, Steel Magnolia kind of, because she's so beautiful. Shelby. Shelby Sh- Sh- Drew. She is very Shelby. <laughs> oh, my God. Is Michelle Yellow Shelby? A- oh. 
Asia. I was. I would watch uh, a. Stan Magnolia's remake with Michelle Yeoh as Maylin. Oh my god. Can we get it? Yeah. Uh, Hollywood, are you listening? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, hello? Do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> the gun, the girls with guns craze is like, this blows up. Yeah. Um, it's huge. And, and she has. And we never got that here. No, we no. We just genuinely, like, throughout the 80s, it's literally just like, muscly dudes, guy after dudes. muscly yeah. guy, like, like, you know, Rambo 97, and like. Uh-huh, totally. And what's crazy about that, too, and I just want to, I know, I know we need to get out of this era of Michelle Yeoh, <laughs> uh, but. The, like, the stuff that she has done post that is so impressive. And she yeah. is so impressive as an all-around an- a dancer, actor, singer. Like, th- that's the, that's the other thing that people don't realize. She comes from the Hong Kong film market where you have to be everything. Yeah. You know? And so, like, she does all these action movies, but then she does things like The Lady or whatnot. Yeah. And you, you never, you could never see, you know, Meryl Streep, like, shooting people and hunting people down and kicking them over the head, right. like, not facing them. Just the same as you can't ever see Sylvester Stallone, like, or I'm, uh, there's a couple movies where he tries, but, like, having, like, a really emotional, heartfelt moment right. with somebody. When you're a newcomer, it's so competitive. If you're pretty, there's someone who's going to be prettier. If you're tall, someone's going to be taller. If you're a certain way, there's always going to be someone who is going to be better. But it shouldn't put you down. You have to be who you are. You have to be the best at what you are. You have to be prepared. You have to be ready if you are given the opportunity that you don't go, oh my God, then it's too late. It's also whether you have a certain gift. And if you have that gift, you cannot be lazy. You cannot, you have to fine tune your skills. And it's, for me, it's a constant learning curve. You have to be learning the whole time. What's new that's going to be coming around the corner? Then you have to be prepared. Are you going to be learning Chinese, Mandarin, Burmese? Burmese, yes. The latest one I was learning, Korean. So, you know, you think it's hard, but you have to set your mind to it and go, okay, I'm going to spend the next three nights just learning those five lines. And you think... Not that hard, five lines. But when you have to do it and do it naturally, like it's in your nature, it's not easy. So our, our work is a lot of work, perseverance. And I, it's always like that, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you seem to get. So that when the opportunity does arise, at least you are ready for it and you're not floundering. And so she embodies so much, but once again, she is not a white American right. lady. She and- is like, if you took Meryl Streep and Jean-Claude Van Damme, because yeah. truly the the action of these movies, like even like say Yes, Madam, which isn't like a great movie, the action is unreal. So Dynamite Fighters comes out after um, Magnificent Warriors. Um, these movies like on their titles got me all fucked up. Yeah. Um, also, these movies all have like 14 different names. Truly. Google those names. Yeah. But like you're going to run into like so many others. Um, she also at this time is dating Dixon Poon, who yeah. is in charge of uh, DMB films. Uh, and so they get married in 1987. And so she decides to go into retirement. Yeah. Um, she. What is it with women I don't going know. into retirement? These men, they never do. These like, fucking men. Fucking Michael Douglas will be on his deathbed. Right. They keep wheeling Kirk Douglas out yeah. from his deathbed. Yeah. But like Michelle Yeoh, Jane Fonda, uh, Sandra Bullock, like yeah. these self-imposed exiles. Yeah. It sucks. Um, but surprise, she makes a great comeback in yeah. 1992 in, uh, American audiences know as Super Cop. Yes. Which is like the third one yeah, in the it's, series. It's, uh, um, Police Story 3, Super Cop. Right. Yeah. 
Um, and so she reteams up with, um, Jackie Chan. Yeah. From her commercial days. Um, and this is a huge film. Like yeah. it's, uh, it's released in the United States by um, an American distributor. I forgot what it's called, uh, but I, I I think was was it Miramax or no? no it was it was something. It wasn't yeah. Miramax, but I know because I I found both versions. I found yeah the uh, original Hong Kong version, and then I yeah. found the American version. What's cool? So in this movie, she plays she plays somebody from mainland China, but like in her very first scene, she tells Jackie Jan- Chan, "You can speak Cantonese," so you are getting both of her actual Cantonese voice and then the dubbed version is actually her. Right. Because she speaks fluent English. Yeah. I shouldn't have brought you here. You're so clumsy. You're the clumsy one. Find some grenades. No? Nothing here. Here, catch. Why did he stop? I don't know. Maybe they scared. Just pretend to throw the hand grenades. Okay? Huh? Now. What is that? I said pretend. Let's make This is also the movie where she had one of maybe one of her like most insane, horrendous accidents. Yeah. And what is truly horrifying is they show this accident in the movie. Um, in these Hong Kong movies, uh, at the credits usually are just like. Extra Look at the crazy things yeah. we did. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, and this movie's no different. In the credits, if you just, like, keep watching, they'll show, like, Jackie Chan almost falling off a train. Yeah. Um, and him, like, getting onto a helicopter and flying away without any wires on. Um, and then there's one really awful, awful thing where um, Michelle Yeoh falls off of a top of a truck and her back... She's supposed to fall into the, the windshield of a car. Right. And stay there. Um, but what happened in this take was she fell, her actual body thrown into a car, um, and she doesn't stay there. She falls off the car. A moving car. Moving car. Jackie Chan is driving this moving car, and she basically doubles over where she lands on, like, the back of her neck, and her entire body snaps back on itself, and you see Jackie Chan freak out, stop the car, and everyone runs to go get her. What is wild... Is that she was okay. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things in that movie. That motorcycle jump from yeah. the train. Like, that's fucking her. It's, that's like. And she's even said, um, and this article also talks about like, the movies are just so scrappy. Yeah. They would basically come up with the fight choreography and stunt choreography like b- days before and be like, well, we did it once. Yeah. <laughs> I've also seen her in interviews talk about how like, you know, people complain about, CG, but CG has been the best friend of, of people who have to do their own stunts yeah. because when she started, it was incredibly thin wires and now it's big cables yeah. that they can digitally erase. And I think people, often, I mean, the story about the woman who died shooting Deadpool 2, yeah. like this is still such a very um, relevant big thing. And she has said, you know, like, thankfully it's a lot safer to go to work. Because at the end of the day, these are jobs. Yes. You know, like these are not important. They're not changing lives, right. you know, saving the universe. They're making entertainment we all welcome the cg part because it has made our life a lot safer because when we do the stunts in the old days um there was a lot of risk in it and i remember when i was dubbing the super cop and i was going ow what was i thinking at that time because if you look at the outtakes 
I could have been very, very seriously injured. I could have like cracked my head open, one, especially that one time where I rolled off the van and the glass didn't break and I just slipped off the car. So if we at CG, we would not put a, have put ourselves in that position. She makes, she continues to make more and more movies yeah, in Hong Kong. Yeah, she makes a ton of wuxia films, uh, Butterfly and Sword, mm-hmm. uh, the heroic uh, trio, uh, Wang Chung. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's and, the Tai Chi Master, Tai Chi Master with Jet Li, which is very good. Yes, it is. The, the last half an hour goes on a little bit too long. His like, I'm an idiot. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But it is very good. Um, she makes a, uh, historic, um, dr- melodrama called the Soong Sisters. Yes. The first, um, of two, um, historical people she plays. Um, and she plays, uh, one of Ailing Ching, yes. one of the like, a uh, sister, um, daughters of one of the most important Chinese families who marries. It's a whole thing. It's basically a PBS special. Like it's really long. It seems very educational, very pro-communist. It's very, yeah, it's very, it's, it was made in mainland China. And therefore like, it's funny because in that movie specifically, once again, she doesn't know Mandarin. Yeah. We brought that up. So she, you only hear her voice, her actual voice when she speaks English. Mm-hmm. And anytime it slips into Mandarin, they've picked a dub of, uh, Mandarin dub that's voices so much higher pitched than hers. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. You know, you're the most beautiful bride I've ever seen. I agree. <laughs> no, look. 等一下呢, Uncle Jerry来了，让他坐在Uncle it's it's a very it's a very like rah rah communist China movie, but also I felt bad because she sort of plays the most conniving sister. She like, plays the one where, like the whole thing is like the legend of like there are three sisters. One wanted power, one wanted money, and one wanted her country. Yeah, and she was the one who wanted money. Right, <laughs> and and there's literally a scene where uh, Shang Kai Shek is telling her essentially he's going to murder one of her sisters who like keeps protesting against him yeah and she's like don't murder her that would make her a martyr it already gave her husband too much power right and i was just like jesus christ yeah because her sister married sun yat-sen yeah who is uh the father of modern china yeah um so yeah and, uh, and according to this article it's saying you know she chose really carefully what movies to be a part of um, because really the output of these Hong Kong movies is like hundreds yeah. and hundreds, like they're, they're, it's nonstop. Um, and so she was really careful what she wanted to, so she could transcend the girls and guns wuxia genre. Um, and then comes along 1997, baby, and here comes Hollywood and she yeah. gets cast in Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Directed by Roger Spottiswood. And also featuring Shao Crow singing <laughs> Tomorrow <laughs> Never Dies. Iconic. Uh, it should have been Katie Lang. Anyways, I'll talk to you about that later. <laughs> um, and so that really introduced her to Hollywood. And that was the first time I would say in my basic limited knowledge of James Bond, a fully realized, um, out from the spell of James Bond and his, like, you know. Yeah. They do, like, hook up a little bit at the end, well, right? Just because this is a James Bond movie and right. everybody has to. But, like, it's <laughs> not like... You gotta pay the troll toll. Right, right. My Bond girl was a very special Bond girl. Because I remember when I first took a meeting in um, in L.A. and I was with one of the producers and they, they looked at me and go, Bond girl. I know. I said, yes, I know. Not your real traditional ding, 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 that kind of Bond girl. But guess what? Bond girl. How about that for a change? So um, 
It's uh, being in the right place at the right time. I think the producers of the bond was also understanding that their bond had to change in many ways because they also wanted the women to be interested to watch the bond movies. It wasn't just the men's, you know, night out. 2000 is the big, big, yeah. you know, she... The Michelle Yeoh boom. The, yeah, and that is when Ang Lee casts her in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which surprises the entire world yeah. and becomes a cult- cultural phenomenon. Um, it wasn't just like, it almost was like, on like bringing back the veil on Americans. Like this is Kung Fu, but beautiful and yeah. like masterful storytelling. And, um, and I think they were so smart. The movie is dubbed in English. Um, and uh, Ang Lee was so precise on like making the dubs, um, as close to what their mouths look yeah. like. And so, but it's weird because I don't think she dubbed herself. And I do think that's strange because I watched hmm. a little bit of the dub and it sound, it's like a really good sound alike. Right. But I don't think it's actually her. So then they said, you should consider making your movie in English. Then you will have immediately a much wider range of audience. But at that, at that point, it was, um, Ang Lee's dream, his China dream to make it, uh, with integrity, so it had to be, you know, the very traditional, not just costume, language, the way we, we behave, the way we were, you know, with no makeup, because at that time you just didn't have makeup. And that was his, his vision. So we followed his vision. And when we came to America with it, they actually f- showed uh, in screening two versions, a dubbed version and the original version. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, I think by the first weekend, uh, they could see that the audience, they didn't care. They just wanted to hear this foreign sound, which was so amazing. But they could feel the emotions. And that is where, you know, with the, with the magic of filmmaking, sometimes it transcends the language barrier, the whatever cultural barrier, because the language of love, the, of emotions, really cross, the, it just goes across the board. And you get it. You feel it. And we managed to gross about 130 million close to that at the end of the day, just in America. So, you know, it's perseverance. What I learned about Hong Kong wuxia movies is a lot of the, even the actual um, Mandarin is dubbed over yeah. anyway. A lot of the Cantonese, yeah. Well, the, the, it's because, um, and I've, I've sort of compared this to Italian film. It's been a big tradition in Italian films. The way it's always been done is that um, up until a certain time, you wouldn't um, shoot sync sound. So you would just shoot film, right. and then all sound would be added in later. Right. Um, and so that was a very popular thing amongst Hong Kong films as well. S- so. Cynthia R- uh, Rothrock um, said in an interview that, she like forgot her lines. Yeah. And so she, she was like, say nonsense. Nonsense. And she was like, Oh no. And the, she apologized to the director and the director was like, girl. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you say. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it up. I also forgot to mention in the nineties after, um, Tomorrow Never Dies, she becomes kind of like a sensation. Um, she becomes one of people's 50 most beautiful people. She won an MTV movie award for best fight. Um, and, and, and so she became, I mean, I work in the media. You used to. When beautiful people of, uh, who are not white, um, come, like, become stars, media is hungry for it just to, yeah. like, you know, like, oh, here's representation. Let's do it. Um, and so for, at least for print, uh, magazines and publications, it's always good. Like, oh, we have this beautiful Asian woman who's, you know, actually kicking ass or whatever. The truth was, you know, it wasn't, they didn't know what to do with her. Um, and she has said, you know, 
if they had already cast a black person in a movie, they weren't going to cast me. Right. Because that they could, they, they were like, what? A black person and an Asian person? Right. It's like... It's- which, which is a huge problem. And it's something that people have even been bringing up about Crazy Rich Asians is that, like, it's still a class structure that anybody who right. is ethnically more brown than them is like a servant in the movie. Right. Or even just like, even thinking about like, oh, well, we've cast our one brown person. There will be no more. Yes, exactly. And it, and the reality is like, in what world do you know that like you have one black friend hanging out with right. 10 white people? Get out of here. Yeah. That's not how it happens. It's like, do, do, does everyone have that one gay friend? No. <laughs> no. I only hang out with gays. I was going to say, especially if you are queer. Enough. Right. <laughs> like, um, I get nervous if there's too many straight people around. Right. And so she said she didn't want to play that stereotypical, like, kind of, like, wilting flower Asian woman. And so that's how she got into Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, and that was what really cemented her. She got a BAFTA nomination for a Best Actress, um, which is crazy that that's her only award like yeah. nomination she's ever gotten. Um, she got a People's Choice nomination for Reign of Assassins. Cool. <laughs> um, after Crouching Tiger's um, Hidden Dragon, she went on to do um, other big box office things like Memoirs of a Geisha, where she played Mameha. Yes, um, and she and she also, and I think this is an interesting thing, and we've run into this a bunch of uh, different times. Um, she begins shortly thereafter doing that. She begins producing her own yes, work, yes. Um, her own English films, even. And th- the, the one that bothered me the most that I could not find is this film she made called The Touch. I couldn't find it either. I couldn't find it, it and I've so not. I've heard it's not great, but still, I would have liked to. Uh, I've seen it, but also she made this crazy 2004 superhero movie called Silverhawk yep. that I, I loved and I made me really w- wish that like maybe she should have been Cameron Diaz's character in Charlie's Angels. You know what? <laughs> You're but right. once again, two Asian people oh, can't, no, do can't, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, so yeah, yeah, she she does and she has said she, she started this production company because she wanted to nurture more Asian talent. Yeah. Um, and so she makes the touch of Silverhawk um, and she does Danny Boyle's Sunshine. She was in the third Mummy movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the less we talk about that, the better. Um, and then she is, she plays, um, Aung San Suu Kyi in Luc Besson's The Lady. Um, and that I think she really tried and did her best to be this like big Oscar push moment. Um, there was like a little bit of an outside shot for her right, right. in the movie. Um, I mean, she is... Uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's come out since then, and I don't really want to get into the political ramifications right. of her. Uh, not Michelle Yeoh, but... Uh, Aung San Suu Kyi. Yeah, but uh, at the time, she wasn't a Nobel Peace Prize winner. And, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, the long and short of her specifically is she was a exiled in her country, yeah. a big peace advocate, won the Nobel Peace Prize. She was exiled for 15 years. Yeah, she was she was put under house arrest right. in her own country for 15 years. And during that t- time period, her, her husband, who was British, died of cancer. Right. And she couldn't see him. And let me tell you, those scenes in which she's talking to him over the phone, because that's the only contact she has, and oftentimes unreliable phone, the government will shut it off at any moment, are heartbreaking right she is her and david thulis are so yeah. good in those scenes yeah excellent movie um it, it's a little harder to watch now just because so now there's like a an ethnic minority massacre yeah and, a muslim minority nonetheless right yeah. and uh in burma that she is being wrapped up in and so she's maybe not 
the best. Yeah. A lot of people, politics people, there. people have been like taking awards away from her, right. like striking her from the record. And so that's the lady by Luke Basson. Um, and like you mentioned, she was in Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Oh, well, in between then, I do, I do want to say, uh, since then, her American output has been a little less than, like, not, at least not my favorite. She did the sequel to Crouching Tiger and Dragon. She was basically... Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah, oh. the only person to return besides the fight choreographer who directed the film. Wow. Um, the Sword of Destiny. Yeah. And then she does a bunch of other... She, oh, she did, like... Um, Mechanic Resurrection and... But, um, but the first, like, uh the first foray into television was actually this British show that was airing on Cinemax called Strike Back. She did a seven mm. episode stint where she played an assassin named Mae Foster. And then she went to um, Netflix's show Marco Polo for its second right, season, right. which was canceled. But, but so like the Star Trek Discovery thing, I, I realized I was like, Oh, this isn't as weird. Cause when I first heard she was going to be on Star Trek Discovery, I was like, what a big get for them. But yeah. she's sort of been doing TV and, and maybe she feels more comfortable in it. But like, I don't know. I really I want to see her get back. A part of me feels like she's facing the trouble that a lot of aging actresses are yeah. facing, but compounded because she was an Asian woman. Right. And so after, I bet Michelle Yeoh does not want to keep, you know, doing her own stunts anymore. Oh, absolutely I bet not. That she's yeah. like, Especially if it's not at the same level as a uh, Crouching Tiger right. level, you know, she's probably like, I'm over that, you know, right. I'm fucking Michelle Yeoh. Well, didn't, I mean, didn't she basically get hired for Crouching Tiger because Ang Lee told her he wanted to do Sense and Sensibility in China? I think that oh, was the line. Yeah. I, feel, I believe that. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, and she, uh, I don't know. And I mean, so, and that, which brings us to now, she's in Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Playing a mother. Yes. Um, and, and it's interesting to see, and I guess we can talk about this more in the fast forward, just about like where she's going and like this, her, the current state of her career. Yeah. And maybe t- TV is a better place for yeah. her. Yeah. And just a, just a sidebar. Um, I, I think the first, I like Star Trek Discovery. I thought the first season was a little inconsistent. I'm a huge Star Trek fan, but like I did like it, but her character, Captain Philippa Giorgio was so good. And she, uh, spoiler alert, she dies in the pilot, but that's not the last time you see her. Oh. Yeah. So. Uh, just if you, if you go into that, know that you're going to be getting like a full on Michelle Yeoh performance. And Zincana, agreement between my senior officers. Note the date and time. Noted, Captain. Is this amount of sarcasm always necessary? Necessary, no. But I do like it. She's married to a French, like, billionaire yes. person character. As we all are. Yeah. Um, I can't find his name, and honestly, I don't care. Yeah. Um, just, you know, just uh, to know about her personal yeah. life. Um, and, and outside of that, like, we don't have a, a ton more on her personal she's, life. She is a big um, philanthropy-centered yes. um, human being. Um, there's a lot of interviews where she's, like, she's a spokeswoman for, like, road safety and um after filming the lady she was so um uh swept up in the burmese uh fight for independence um she's like she's a un ambassador for all sorts of things and she's also actually um just real quick uh she's a, a big uh, sponsor of the american foundation for aids research yeah which, Empire, uh, yeah, which yeah, i yeah. didn't uh know until recently that um but yeah like 
she she's spoken about a lot of things uh human trafficking water uh women animals children civil rights conservation disaster relief economic business support education environment fair trade so yeah she's she runs the gamut yeah. so she's a good person guys right. um and, and yeah so i think that that brings us to now um do you want to get into your reviews sure do you want to start with our bottom picks and then maybe our sure let's do our one-star reviews She's talked in a lot of interviews about how she doesn't want to be um, the delicate flower, that there's this um, Mm -hmm. American stereotype of Asian women, that they're all made of porcelain and they're all, you know, and that's something she's definitely fought against playing. And I don't think she's ever played it, but I I don't want to cut her complete slack because I do think every now and then, and maybe it's just to pick up a paycheck, uh, she will take a role that feels stereotypically um, like uh, Chinese for our Americans. And uh, by that, I mean, um, there's this film she made in 2016, two years ago called Morgan, in which she plays a scientist who's literally only there to be cold and no mathematics and like, and just be like an Asian scientist, like no emotions and just, and so, uh, just real, real brief moment. Uh, it's nineteen. It's a twenty sixteen British American co production. It's directed by Luke Scott, who mm. is the son of Ridley Scott. Oh, fun! And the movie, I love nepotism. Yeah, and the movie literally feels like, Daddy, I want to make a movie. Mm, um, sure, and. It's a script that was on the blacklist, which, oh. as we keep talking about in this podcast, scripts on the blacklist doesn't mean it's good. Doesn't mean it's good. Um, but essentially, it's it's about um, Kate Mara, and she's like a quote unquote uh, insurance person for this corporation, and she's going to this isolated area where they've essentially genetically engineered a child into being sort of like a a perfect human but kind of a perfect killing machine it seems right, like right. um it's an all-star cast and well her, her she seems like really nefarious from the start and there's like a twist at the end that you should see coming because <laughs> you've seen a movie before right, um right and uh but it's like an like i said it's an all-star cast uh anya taylor joy is in it toby jones rose leslie boyd hallbrook michelle yo jennifer jason lee doing her damnedest with a two-scene role how paul giamatti and literally for less than five minutes and i'm sure he bought a fucking house with it brian cox shows up at the end just to like talk on a phone and i was like i hate you so much anyways michelle yo's character is the scientist who created morgan who's the artificial human who's like going to go bad and like you're just waiting for it to happen right um and there's no tension there and her scenes amount to her like like being surprised that somebody else might speak chinese you know like uh that you know and and to coldly report on her creation and it's it's not it's not even that bad of a performance she just seems bored she just seems really bored like she wasn't given anything to bite into and i i feel kind of bad picking a role that's so small but like it felt like it literally felt like the role that they were like, well, we couldn't cast a black or a Hispanic person in this right. role. Certainly couldn't be a white person. I know it's got to be an Asian person. Why did you end Morgan's egotherapy sessions with Amy? There was an incident in the woods. Amy took Morgan beyond the property lines. It could have compromised the entire project. That was my excuse. But the truth. 
Do you know the cruelest thing you can do to someone you've locked in a room? Pressed her face to the window. You know what you must do. I did not watch Morgan. Yeah, you didn't need to. I definitely (laughs) saw it, like, lurking in my, like, to-watch list, and I was like, this seems, like, spooky and stupid, (laughs) which I don't want. Yeah. So I decided to skip that. Um, and now I'm glad. <laughs> the, um, yeah, it's, it's really bad. And the only blessing it has is that it's maybe an hour and a half at most. It's 92 minutes. So like, you don't have to spend much time. Um, its budget was 8 million. It made 8 million. So I guess that's like a, a decent, like, but, who knows what they spent on advertising. Did it release, like, in theaters? Um, I mean, it was 20th Century Fox, so I feel like that it must, be that must have. Yeah, but... Yeah, it was... Uh, it's not good. I mean, it, it's literally like Luke Scott found this script and was like, um, I really... Like, people liked Ex Machina, and they love my dad's movie Alien, so was let's... 2016? Yeah, so let's just... Was, um, was Stranger Things out yet? Mm, I don't know. Because I saw the trailer and I was like, this is giving me like very Eleven vibes. The, you know? she, I mean, she's less than... She's more like Hannah in the movie Hannah. Uh, she just kills Hannah people. of Hannah. Yeah, she just kills people with her hands. Okay. And like, it's what it's one of those movies... It feels like one of those movies where it's like, these are all scientists, but they all keep doing the dumbest things. Right. Because they like raised this child but they didn't raise her for years like she rapidly grew and they're all just like i trust you not to kill me even though you've killed all our other friends mm. and then she kills them the so moral story don't trust children yes exactly um but that was anatoly joy from the witch so yes, she was yeah. she's doing things she's was, living deliciously i guess it's truly you know um, that's but yes louis what was your one star review um i so first of all, I had a pick, and then you brought up you. I remembered then Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon Part Two. Yeah, I almost picked that, which was very bad. But just because I'm because I'm drama, and I want to start drama, I'm gonna stick with my original pick, which um you mentioned, which is 2004's Silver Hawk. What? <laughs> Silver Hawk is so much fucking fun. It's not a great movie, but it's fun. She's like literally having fun in every scene of that movie. She gets to wear so many wigs. Gavin, it's my turn to speak. Oh, okay. You have the floor, Louie. First of all, she does have a lot of wigs. Yeah. And they're ridiculous. They're so, all asymmetrical haircuts. Yeah. I don't know why. So she produced this film. Yeah. Um, it is in 2004. Um, she's playing fashion model Lulu Wong. Um, and when she isn't a fashion model, she's solving crimes and taking names as Silverhawk. Yes. Um, the first scene in the movie, she saves God. a panda bear. A literal panda bear. It's the most adorable thing. She's like rolling around with a panda bear. And thinking about it now, like really marinating on this movie, it is obviously so campy. Yeah. I don't think it knows it is. Oh, really? I disagree. I, I felt like it was, it was, had the production design of Batman and Robin and the editing of Batman 66. No, but like, it did, I don't even, like, so it has the production design of Batman and Robin, but with, I mean, first, and somehow yet still more. <laughs> like, there is a scene where, like, they're fighting, <laughs> they're fighting on, like, rollerblades, which I guess does happen in Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, and, and hockey sticks. And hockey sticks, and hockey sticks. And hockey sticks. Um, it, it, so, this is like some weird bizarro future world where I'm assuming that 
we all speak English, right? Yeah. And seems like it. And people are like black and white and Asian. Um, just cause we right. are now a. It was like, it's definitely set in like a future Hong Kong. Right. Like it's, it's clearly the Hong Very multiculty. Yeah. Um, and I think the movie is just like so, so, so silly. Like the main character is a dude. The dude and her like maybe went to like fighting school together. Right. And like that, that's also a trope of these, uh, kung fu movies where it's like flashbacks to like, wait. Yeah, we trained together. Did, yeah. We trained together. Ugh. Um, and he's like a cop and he's like, we're, g- we're gonna find Silverhawk. She's a vigilante, blah, blah, right. blah. And like, meanwhile, like Lulu, who's like the hot, you know, runway model who everyone like, Wants. She's like, uh oh, that's I, me. I love that she's a hot runway model, but she's like constantly being invited to like science fairs. Yeah, and, like... very that. Um, and so like, there, her mom or someone wants her to hook up with this scientist character. Right. He is like, he has made a a thing that you put on your head, and it tells you like, you shouldn't be having carbs, or like, you yeah. should run today. Um, and turns out it's fucking a mind control. Right. Um. But weirdly enough, they don't make the scientist a bad guy. An actual bad guy takes the scientist right. to make it into an evil thing. Played by um frequent uh Guillermo del Toro collaborator Luke Goss, um, who was in Blade 2 and Hellboy 2. Right, right. I-, I could see a world where it's fun and silly, but also part of me was just like, I prefer my Michelle Yeoh. To I I don't know if she does comedian well. I don't and maybe that and maybe that's it. Maybe she doesn't. Also, but I was. I watched it on a plane to Tennessee, okay. and, like, I... I don't know. I just had so much fun. I think because I wasn't expecting it, because most of the... Most of the Girls With Guns films she did were so self-serious, and a lot of the wuxia films, mm. though there are some crazy ones, mm-hmm. are really self-serious. So I just wasn't expecting... This is the complete produ- opposite. Yeah, for her to produce something that she gets to have so much fun. I mean, there's literally a shot where she runs up a wall and does a backflip off the wall, and my favorite thing about it was the camera was on her following her and she's smiling the whole time. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, bless your heart, Michelle. Yo. I think she was like, maybe I'm going to smile on this movie. Yeah. Do you know who you are and what you're doing? I know exactly what I am doing. And I know who I am. The only difference between us is you carry a badge and I don't. At the end of the day, remember we are fighting for the same cause. Same cause. Huh. There's law and order. It's easy for you to say. Put on your mask. You're the hero. Take it off. You're Mr. Luong. Of course, it's all fun and games for you. But if everyone works outside the system like you, it'd be total chaos. From now on, you stay out of it. You have your law and order. I have my principles. I choose to use my skills to help the people. It is my mission in life. It's my life, and you can stay out of it. It's like maybe a three-star movie for me, but the, <laughs> my one complaint about the movie is that, like, it's so, like, the the color palette is so, like, white and it's, silver. It's white, so blue, it's super, metal. Yeah. It's, okay, this, this is my thought. Out. This movie has ten lava lamps at home, two bean bags, uses Axe body spray, and loves Linkin Park. <laughs> That's what you need to know about this movie. Rude. That's Rude. what you need to know I mean, about this movie. I mean, this movie is probably what goes on in Avril Lavigne's head. I agree. Absolutely. But like, <laughs> always. The original Avril Lavigne, not the yeah, new yeah, one. Yeah, Melissa. Not yeah, Melissa. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's... I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, but 
to move on into other things that we really, really didn't like, it, a really horrid movie is the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sequel. Oh, yes, absolutely. And and I, I think, in in a way, it's almost detrimental to the original Crouching Tiger, yeah. Hidden Dragon. Yeah. Because... Uh, I'll, I'll I'll get into this more, but yeah, it's it's just it's really really fucking awful. Um, and also, uh, I was so upset at the end of Crazy Rich Asians. Hopefully, this isn't a spoiler. There's like a, a like slight credit sequence with Harry Shum Jr. shows up, uh, and I was just like, I was like, oh god, don't bring him in. He can't act. Literally, the seeing Harry Shum Jr., who we all know from Glee, um. The Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sequel looks like it has the production budget. Of a high-end YouTube video, yeah. It's I I when I first started watching, I was like, oh, it looks like a CW show. And then as I was watching more, I was like, oh, I'm being really mean to some of the CW shows. Right? Like, <laughs> no, no. It it literally looks like I mean, it looks like a YouTube Red production, right? Which has a very specific like kind of when that thing when you know you're watching a Canadian show. Yeah. It's like it, the the movie is beyond bad. It, it's it takes everything good about uh, the original Hidden uh, Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, just like washes it all away. Yeah. Um, it sucks. Um, I, I really hated Mechanic Resurrection, but not because of Michelle Yeoh. I just want to put it out there okay, that it's okay, bad. Okay. I really hate the first movie. The first movie was one of my least favorite films of 2011. Except so, when he's in the water with the oil and they're fighting. It's, it's No, it's so bad. It doesn't matter. But it's um, and, uh, but sexy. And I was like kind of excited when, when I first started watching Mechanic Resurrection because I was like, oh, she's playing Malaysian. And then I realized, no, she's playing Thai. Nope. Um, and then... I, the I mummy. also, the mummy is bad and she's also in it for like a hot five minutes. Right. Um, did not get through it. And, uh, I don't blame you. And also apparently destroyed Brendan Fraser, which I didn't know until yeah. today. Like that's where he ruined his body. Um, but also, uh, um, oh, yes, madam. I, you don't I know, like yes, madam. I know it's a classic, but just like she's, that's another movie where like, it made her a star, and it's the reason we got this whole genre of films. But she's in maybe a third of the movie. You follow most of the comedic men characters, and they're so annoying and obnoxious. And then every scene that she's in, when you finally get back to her, it's just her and Cynthia Rothrock arguing with each other about who's going to take lead. I would also argue that those early movies, she doesn't really have a mastery of like how to... um use her body outside of the fighting scenes. Yeah. I think she's very kind of, uh, she has seen what other women do. Right. And in, in movies and what's expected of them and how they act. And I think this like, it's very, um, cardboard, you know, yeah. very like, um, she, she's very free when she's like fighting, but when she's just kind of like walking into a room or she's like scolding someone, she's very like, bloop, 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 and, it, and it's hard to judge those movies. So I'm glad you brought it up from that point because it is hard to judge those movies because they are often dubbed in English by people who are not them. So it's hard to like judge right. her acting on that, but you're right. There is something weird about her body language. I think and until we get to Supercop, that's when she really, yeah. it seems like she's become more comfortable as an actress and she gets to make other uh, choices. That's another movie where she's really funny though. So I, maybe I'm like yeah. downplaying your comedy thing. Cause well, she's really I, funny. She's funny in that. I think she's very funny also in, um, Tai Chi Master. Yeah. Um, but I think those are like more grounded in like human people right. and not like fashion runway models who are also, um, superheroes. Whatever. I just like seeing her smile. Anyways, Louie, let's move into our five star reviews. I think, and it's, I feel like anytime you do this, you preface it by being like, I know I have basic tastes, which I don't think you do, but... You uh, have basic tastes? Uh, I think I have basic tastes by saying, I think her best role 
is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm. I think there is a quality to the um, emotion that she puts into that character that is so beautiful and stunning, even outside of the fighting. Um, the the like sort of um, rigid and regalness that she gives herself because she's playing a repressed person. Our, our former uh, guest, Dan Mecca, him and I were talking recently prior to this about Ang Lee. Ang Lee makes films about repressed emotion and they're only good when they're about repressed emotions. Right. And Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a movie about repressed emotions. Michelle Yeoh plays Yushu Lian um, and she uh, is visited by uh, Lee Mubai uh, who is her former lover, who she, like, loved, but she was engaged to be married to somebody else, right. and then he died. Lee Mubai is played by Chow Yun-Fat, right? Chow Yun-Fat, yes. Yeah. And um, because she was married to this other person, uh, Lee Mubai is like, I made a promise. We, we can essentially never be together. And there's clearly so much love between them. Right. Um, he is a warrior who's come out of retirement to avenge the death of his master, who was killed by Jade Fox, who was uh, a person that uh, basically wanted to be trained by his master, and his master denied her because he was like, I'm not going to train women. Yeah, he was sexist. Um, he was sexist, exactly. Um, and... Uh, so he's brought uh, his sword, the Green Destiny, um, there with him because he's going to hunt down the Jade Fox. While all this is going on, you're introduced to Jen Yu, who is the the daughter of a nobleman. Um, Played who, by Zheng Ziyi. And she um, is... She's essentially like masquerading at night mm-hmm. as this thief because she wants to keep the, get the Green Destiny uh, because she's been trained by Jade Fox, who's been like living as her essentially her nanny right um and also she's engaged to somebody else but she's in love with this thief known as dark cloud um yeah. who like kidnapped her in the desert and sort of um a little stockholm syndrome to her right, but like right. but there's there's a lot of love there during the world's longest flashback and that's maybe my only complaint about the movie um because that flashback is 20 minutes of the film yeah. but but it feels like um it feels like it's 40 minutes. The movie truly is an epic. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could I could definitely see, like, two whole um, English classes yeah. worth watching this movie. But I think if you watch the film, even if you take the... It's a wuxia film, and wuxia, which we haven't really defined, are usually um, historical fantasy dramas at which um, people do very normal things, except when they fight, mm-hmm. and which... They um, suddenly uh, have no sense of gravity right. whatsoever. That's it's what we commonly refer to as wire foo. Though I think most Americans think of like the Matrix stuff as wire foo, but that stuff's so like crisp. Yeah. Where this is very light and airy, yeah. like people just like spinning through the air, and and it's also like um, related to like who taught you this technique? Yes, this exactly. technique of like it's a it's a special thing that you can learn, um, and it, it's from a master or something. That makes you, um, be able to like run over water or like through the trees and like up into the air. Like, yeah. Uh, and, and it's, th- and it looks, it's so visually stunning. And that's not to downplay. There's this amazing scene where she fights Zhang Zi, um, where she, Zhang Zi has the, the green destiny and nothing can break it. And yeah. she's just cutting up Michelle Yeoh's weapons. Yeah. And actually Michelle Yeoh almost bests her and then they get distracted. And I can't remember why. Well, but- the, uh, Limo Bao comes on yes. and, he, and he's like, if you, cause Michelle Yeoh's like, listen, bitch, put down the sword. Right. Let's make it happen. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, come and get it. Yes. And, um, 
then Lima Bao comes in and he's like, I was only toying with you earlier. I don't need the green destiny to take you down. Yeah. And she, and, and there's a lot of great stuff there. I, I don't want to get like too over in the plot, but she, Zengzi wants to be his student mm-hmm. and he's like, and she's like, I'll, I'll train under you if you can get the sword in three moves. He takes it in one bitch and throws it away and she goes after it. But, uh, essentially they have the showdown with Jade Fox and Jade Fox poisons him, which is the, the coward's way because it's not fighting. Right. Um, and there's this amazing scene, um, that yeah. Michelle Yeoh and Chow Young Fat have to play where she, they, they want, to hold each other so bad. They want to be in love with each other, like to, to really be one. And they, they can't do it. They can't, like, they just, he's dying. They missed their chance. Yeah. And like, she wants, she he, just, he, she, he finally reveals. He's yeah. like, he's like, cause he, he knows he's dying. Right. She's like trying to like be like, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Right. And he's like, girl. Yeah. We missed it. We, yeah. We, I, I love, and, and he, he says, I love you. But it's, it's never gonna happen now. Earlier, I mentioned that Ang Lee made her cry on the first day of filming. She got her revenge because she had to cry for hours straight while shooting that scene. And apparently the entire time she kept Ang Lee crying. I mean, I Every fucking believe it. Like, yeah. The beginning of that movie is introducing these two characters. And it's crazy how fast you're able to feel like the ache between it. them. Yeah. Excellent pick, Gavin. Yeah. And I do, I do, you're right. Ache is the right word. It's like, aching and longing. And she, uh, and truly the movie is just like so layered because yeah. there is her performance up against Zhang Ziyi when she's not being the ninja. Right. And when they're, they're being, just being formal ladies. Right. You know? And then like, there's like, I love the cat and mouse that they have because they fucking know. Right. But they're just like playing cool. And then they're, when they're fighting and then her up against Chang Yun Fat, it's just so, so good. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very layered performance. It's no, it like, also, it's just a really fucking beautiful movie. Every, yeah. every frame of it, all the editing. And like, it, that's why it's such a shame that the Netflix sequel was, you know, <laughs> was such garbage. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's, that movie is something special. And it's no wonder it was, it's, I'm not sure if this stat is correct at the moment, but like it's the highest grossing yeah. quote unquote foreign film, even though there's Hollywood money in it right. you know, of and all it, time. It won the uh, non English language film, I should say. It won the uh, uh, foreign language Oscar that yeah. year. Yeah. Was it nominated for Best Picture also? It was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, my five star review is going to go to um, kind of. I, what I think is her most impressive acting performance is a uh, 2011's The Lady. Um, it is a really great performance for a controversial subject. Right. Yeah. 
and I, at the time it wasn't controversial. Right. Um, and it's, it's such an obvious yeah. too at the time. Like, of course, make a movie about this woman. Yeah. And like, the story goes essentially she like heard that there was a script floating around about, um, Aung San Suu Kyi and she called her agent and was like, girl, find it. And yeah. apparently the writer was also looking for her. So it was kind of just like stars aligned type of thing. Um, and then also she is good friends with Luc Besson, who because her husband is French. Yeah. Um Aung San Suu Kyi the movie starts off showing her as a child um with her father who was going to be the basically the uh the, the founder the he crafted democracy for um Burma. Um and they show him with his, you know, pro-democracy people um, immediately being slaughtered, essentially, um, and by the government, or not the government, um, the military. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, he becomes a martyr, essentially, for um, this the pro-democracy movement that she uh, grows up in. Um, she eventually moves away to um, the UK. She marries, has two sons, and she just kind of is just like always in the background hearing about the horrors of happening in, in Burma because the, the government is so uh, militantly oppressive. Um, her mother is dying though. And so she decides, I'm going to go down there to see her before she passes away. Um, so she does. And immediately when she steps into the country, the government is like, she's here. Like, cause they know who she is. They know who her father is. And when she goes, it's during a time when, um, the military has these like police forces that if you are speaking out against the government, um, you'll be killed. Yeah. In, in public. Like there's an awful scene where they're at a hospital and, um, she's there looking after her mom and, um, the, the people who are being beaten and shot at by the forces, they come into the hospital and they kill a doctor who is trying to keep them out. They just kill him. And they say, I have a red scarf on. I can do whatever I want. Um, and so it's during this time, the people know she's there and all these scholars and academics are like, Sue, they call her Sue. You're the only one who can, um, help us out. The military decides that they're going to have, um, elections and they want Sue to run, um, f- f- on, on their party. And so she has to have a conversation with her husband. And it's long, long story short. She runs on a very pro-peace agenda. She has a very iconic speech moment. Yes. Where she's speaking to the masses. She wins the election. But the military says, fuck you. And essentially, they um, sentence her to house arrest, um, kick her entire family out, and exile her from the world for essentially 15 years. Yeah. Um, and it's a total blackout. You know, she can't do anything. Um, and her husband, um, nominates her and uses his kind of pull in the academic circles to get her nominated for a Nobel peace prize. She wins. Um, which, which is, and I thought this was an interesting discussion because you don't hear this often, but it is done quite often. It's basically used as a bargaining chip so they can't kill her. Right. Because a Nobel Peace Prize gets publicized right. so widely. Correct. The Burmese military decides 
a, they'll let her um, leave her house. And that's truly like, I mean, but that's not until um, later when her husband has already died. Right. Um, she pleads with the government, please let me, you know, go home. And they're like, you can go, but you can't come back. Right. And that's, and that's the whole, yeah. And that ends up being the whole thing. Right. Too. Is it's, that- it's about putting, she put her country before herself, right. the man she loves, her kids, her who, kids who grew who, up, who should have, you know, Burmese citizenship, yeah. but, but the government uses their, the fact that they are half British, yeah. like as well, a they, weapon against her. They use that as the reason why after she was um, released from house arrest, um, and she is technically their president or prime minister. They say that there is a law in their constitution that because she has married a British man and has children who are British, that she cannot be their president. Right. Um, and so sh- she has a very like weird title now, but she is a de facto president or something. Right. Um, and the movie, she, Michelle Yeoh got to meet, um, yeah. Aung San Suu at the very end of filming. Um, she was on a blacklisted from Burma for a while. Um, but she describes meeting, uh, Sue as a very beautiful, peaceful, uh, moment. Um, yeah, I, I love the movie a lot. I, I, it's unfortunate, like, there's now, uh, new things that are happening with Burma and Aung San Suu Kyi and her politics right. um, that kind of taint it, but looking at it f- in 2011 and when it came out, um, Michelle Yeoh is just masterful. She, she's really great. I, I would I would give the performance five stars. I had issues with the movie um, because I felt that Luc Besson's hand was just a, a little too heavy. Like, anywhere, he just wasn't, he wasn't a subtle enough filmmaker to... Um, to, to handle the depth of the story. And I think a lot of the things that carry the film are both Michelle Yeoh and David Thewlis's like, like such heartbreaking performances that they keep sort of, but I think the filmmaking style itself really is like trying to hammer the point home and it doesn't, doesn't need to. The story is there right. and the acting is there, but I, he's such a present filmmaker. She glides. Yeah. Michelle, and this is where her dancing, fighting, like, even when she doesn't need it, she yeah. uses it, and she's just gliding, and she exudes, like, this peaceful yeah. aura, like, and, and truly, like, thinking about, like, a role made for her, she has, she's able to speak in English, um, you know, when she's in the UK with her husband, she goes back to this Southeast Asian, uh, you know, a, a minority within yeah. Asia, like truly, yeah. uh, and, and fighting for her people. And my, my favorite scene actually in the movie is her campaigning and stopping at all yeah. the different little places and being able to speak the dialect of every single place yeah. that she visits. But, and like you mentioned, the phone call with her husband who is dying, yeah. um, is truly, there's a couple of them. The one where she finds out he's actually dead is even, oh, yeah. oh my God. Kim. He doesn't have much time left. But I can't. My hands are tied. I'm sorry. I know. But he's dying. Please try to understand. Kim. It would be the end of everything your father and I fought for for so long. Hello? Kim? 
came. I can't recommend a movie enough. If you're like looking for an easy intro into Michelle Yeoh, that's not Kung Fu, perhaps um, this is a great movie. What are other really excellent movies that you liked from her canon? Um, I really loved, uh, there, there's a wuxia film called Butterfly and Sword. I didn't um, get to see that one. It's weird. It's one of the weirder ones. It's, okay. First of all, it's her and Tony Lung, Tony, little Tony Lung, as he's known in China, because there's two of them. Okay. Um, who is the most gorgeous man alive. Love. Um, and, uh, yeah, and they're, she plays his sister. They're, they're kung fu masters and they're basically set to inherit the world of kung fu. Mm. Cause everything's so extreme in this movie. Um, and there's like a weird incestuous like thing going on between them. Like the first time she meets him, he's naked. And, and you like this movie. But, but it, well, everything's so extreme in this movie. And it's funny because she even actually gets to say one of her lines that she, then gets to say later in Crazy Rich Asians and so he's he's a fighter who's in love with this girl named Butterfly and she fucking hates Butterfly okay and they're also like they need to kill this guy so they can get this scroll and bring it back to their master so they can inherit the world of Kung Fu but obviously but while he's like off pretending to be somebody else so they can kill this guy she has to take care of Butterfly and she fucking hates Butterfly and she is at her most like Joan Crawford but speaking Cantonese it's insane how bitchy she is in this movie and I've never seen her be that way before love that and it's so good and at one point she like calls Butterfly by the wrong name and she's Uh. like I'm Butterfly we've met before and she's like oh my brother has so many boyfriends It's I mean so many girlfriends it's hard to keep track Um, Queen. Yeah. Most wuxia movies, one of the things I like about most wuxia movies is, like, the the violence is sort of, like, secondary. Oh, totally. Like, 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 it's not about blood. This one, no. This one is, like... All blood. People fucking exploding. Like, the bad guy gets his head cut off, and then his body still comes after them. Love. Like, it's, it's so nuts and beautiful, but... My, maybe the best thing in it is her introduction in the film is she like her brother's like in the forest and you just see fabric fall and then she bursts down in like a cyclone of fabric and glitter and she's and it's just like that's how I got here today exactly right and it, I was just like it's so enamored with this like crazy wuxia film I think everybody should go out and see that it reminds and me so good that reminds me a lot of the heroic trio which I thought I was gonna like really really hate um but it's actually very stupid <laughs> and I love it um I think we didn't talk a lot about sexualizing her I think this movie does the most um cause she looks so hot like I watched a bunch of these movies and I, and I never was like ooh wow this movie I was like yeah she, she's wearing like this crazy red thing and she's like she's always like a little bit wet you know, <laughs> they must have like misted her or something her hair looks gorgeous um watch this movie just for the ending Maggie Chung is also in this movie um watch this movie just for the ending where like an actual like skeleton man is the bad guy yes and, and he like <laughs> Wraps his arms around uh, Michelle Yeoh, and Michelle's like, "Oh no, he's controlling my body!" <laughs> and and literally, this Skeletor dude is like controlling her body, and she has to like jump off of a building. And I was like, "This movie is worth it." <laughs> yeah, the wu- the wuxia movies really, really quickly. Memoirs of a Geisha, 
which is a um another epic movie. Like yeah. it's that's a movie I hated, but I liked her performance. It's so it's very beautiful. Yeah. And I had seen it as in high school and I watched it again and I, I was like, man, I fucking forgot how much shit they put these girls through. Yeah. Like Hatsumomo, Pumpkin, um, they just all like uh, uh, Michelle Yeoh's uh, character has like the least tragic, I think, story. Yeah, yeah. Say I'm entertaining the Baron. Like so many clients, he's trapped in an arranged marriage. So in the tea house, when he's seeking my company instead, I reward him like this, with a glimpse of my wrist. Seeing this demure little trace of naked skin, well, it gives him pleasure. Like it's truly kind of torturous yeah um uh, but i digress just a very big beat on men that. are gross very that <laughs> um, um b- before we go away though i want to mention sunshine oh yeah sunshine uh, 2007 yeah. by danny boyle one of the best line readings i've ever fucking heard chris evans is in this movie and like they like change their shields or something and the 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 ship starts making a bunch of noises and he's like jesus that's a temperature change on the shields Metal's just contracting and expanding. I know what it is, flyboy. <laughs> and I was just like, bitch, yes. You fucking <laughs> tell Chris Evans to shut the fuck up, okay? Because Chris Evans is literally playing like the same guy he right. plays like in Snowpiercer right. and all those like indie movies where he's like, I'm a real actor, which fine. I don't I'm not mad at him, but I'm always just like, we got it, Queen. Like you're like the like American guy who's like is not gonna say no and he's gonna like stick up for what's important, right? I'm like, ugh. The most boring fucking character. Yeah. So real quick, before we move on to our fast forward, uh, why don't we do our mixed reviews review? review. Yeah. Um, my one star review went to 2004, I believe. 2004 is Silver Hawk. And my one star review went to 2016's Morgan. Mm. Uh, my five star review went to 2011's The Lady. <laughs> and my... Five star review went to 2000's Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. I think excellent choices all around. Oh, absolutely. So let's move into our fast forward. So, Gavin, you saw Crazy Rich Asians, right? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, I saw it on Sunday. I saw it by myself. The best decision I've made in my life. <laughs> I went after work. I was like, I deserve this. I deserve to order nachos. I deserve my large Dasani. And I'm going to sit and enjoy the movie event of the summer, okay? Um... God, what a breath of fresh. Yeah, it is really, I don't know how to, like, it was so much fun. So much fun. It's, uh, who would have known it? it's going to take Asians to revive the romantic comedy? <laughs> but that's, a, and that's the weird thing, right? I don't think there's anything new or insane nope. about that movie, nope. other than the fact that it stars... Uh, a large cast of of mostly ethnically Chinese people. Right. Um, it's almost like there's like a scene, there's a makeover scene with like a best friend and a gay friend, like right. in front of a mirror. Like, right. It, it, and it reminds me, and I I hope it reminds people, like, just because it's been done before doesn't mean it's a easy and like it right. is less entertaining. Like, because when it's done right, like. It's so right. I, I will say, and I said this a little bit up front as well, too, uh, some of the materialism, once again, it's a movie, so I shouldn't even, like, but, like, that's, I, I love seeing materialism in a movie because I don't have to live it, but it also, like, grosses me out a little bit. Right. And then also, anybody who's, like, a darker shade of brown is a servant in the movie, and that's a little gross, too. Like, right. that scene with, 
Aquafina, hilarious in the movie, but that scene where they pull up to the party and there's two like they they look ethnically Indian men right, like right, with right. with guns and the like she's like scared of them and I was like ooh this is a little uncomfortable right I was like why are you scared girl yeah um the the go out and watch Crazy Rich Asians it's, oh absolutely I mean and Michelle it's, since we're talking about Michelle Yeoh <sighs> she is so good yeah and one of the things I love and that GQ article she talked about how she. When she like read the book and was basically like, I'm only going to play it if I'm not this stereotypical character. She didn't want to be a, a tiger mom. The tiger mom. Yeah. She, she called, she referred to herself as uh, the dragon mom yeah, because yeah. they're both like fierce and like nurturing, nurturing, you know, to be represented. We're not just a token for diversity. You know, we, it, to be real representation means you have a meaningful character that has hopes and dreams. And in this, in Crazy Rich Asians, that's what we all have. All, it's so diverse, but at the same time, it's got heart. It's about love. It's about family. And I think it really shows the other side of the Asians to our friends around the world. And it will be very impactful because it's a studio movie. Mm-hmm. It's not just an indie film. Yeah. You know, yeah. on uh-huh. TV. So I think that will inspire mm-hmm. more behind behind the scenes, in front of the camera. And I look at these young people in awe. <laughs> Seriously, they are just so brilliant. She's, she's hardly, like, a real villain, you right. know? It's, and the beauty in the movie is, like, it doesn't take any easy shots. Right. It's never, like, Constance Wu's character, who is the main character, uh, Rachel, they're not in battle with each other. Right. They're not, right. like... And it's funny, too, because the movie pushes that narrative every now and then. They're like... Looks like we got a fighter. Right. But, like, they're really not. It's like, compare that to when we talked about Jane Fonda. In Absolutely. Jane Fonda and Jennifer Lopez in um, Ugly Stepmonster or whatever the fuck. <laughs> whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Stepmonster. Mo- Monster-in-law. That one. Yeah. Um, where it's like, I'm going to put, like, laxatives in her drinks. Or right. I'm going to, like, make her hit herself. Or whatever stupid, like, antics where it's just for, like, the gag. Right. For the movie's sake. It's like... It's it's disgusting, and this movie is so much more successful. And they didn't have to lean on tired garbage shit like right. that. Absolutely, where it, it's the tension is real because it is real. Right, it's because they they have these deeply held beliefs. Um, and uh, yeah, and just in general, no one can do a steely gaze. Fuck, <laughs> like Michelle. When there's a scene on a, a staircase. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, um, it's the scene. It's basically. the scene. She puts her hand on Michelle uh, uh, on Constance Wu's face, and it's like, Whew. I know this much: you will never be enough. What else about Michelle Yeoh? Like looking to the future, we talked a little bit about. You know, she has done some voiceover work. She was in Kung Fu Panda Two, right? Um, I, I, and I. So she, she's no longer in Star Trek. Is that right? Uh, I, uh, Perhaps, I, maybe. I'm gonna plead the fifth on that. Uh-oh. The door, the door is open. Um, beyond that, though, like, what is next for Michelle Yeoh? I mean, is it? She, so she's played a mom now. Like, she's, right. she. Well, is, hopefully, we'll get the sequels to right. Crazy Rich Asians. Right. Um, I would want that. Need that. Um, I. I mean, truly watching that movie made me feel like, wow, this movie, Black Panther, Get Out, like. All these movies, it feels like there is something changing in Hollywood, especially because these movies are making so much money. Right. And it makes me so happy because it's also like, surprise, we've always been here. Michelle Yeoh has been here. The next couple things she's doing are Hong Kong films, actually. Okay. She's doing the the next uh, Ip Man movie, Master Z, Ip Man Legacy. Um, 
and she's also doing uh, Life as Lotus, also known as Niha, which is a fantasy film. I'm actually quite interested. I mean, it looks like a Wuxia movie, but like, hmm. I'm curious to see, you know, she looks gorgeous in the one publicity still. They Oh, shit. It looks... All, all in red, and... It looks very... Um... Uh, random assassins, kind yeah. of. Yeah, but yeah, like I, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I, I would love to see her be able to do things that are obviously not the stereotypical action thing. I think she doesn't necessarily want to do the stereotypical action thing anymore. I think she'll do them if they're offered to her. I mean, even that GQ article mentions that she can still kick her leg above her head, right? Like effortlessly. But um, I think that's why I responded so much to Sunshine. Yeah, it's like she was. Pl- She's playing a scientist, but not like in Morgan, where she's yeah. like a robot. Yeah. This was her like enjoying plants and like, you know, having personality and uh, thoughts. And I was just like, wow, what a role. I think I read that um, Danny Boyle was like, you can pick any of the characters you want. And she chose um, this one. That's awesome. Um, and I was like, that's the fucking respect she deserves. Yeah. I think she's also said she doesn't really go out on auditions much anymore. Yeah. I think she's just kind of like... I pick and choose what I want now, which fucking... She's reached the share stage of her career. Good for her. (laughs) Truly good for her. I do think that she's such a good actress, though. I want her to, like... I want someone in Hollywood to be like, get this girl into another, like, Oscar situation. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would kill to see her... I mean, she's not she's not quite as old as because I I keep sort of mentioning like Jane Fonda or Michael Douglas. Right. She's not quite as old as them. She's no. maybe a decade younger, right? Possibly more. Um, which, by the way, she's ageless, so that's another. It's hard to pinpoint. <laughs> but uh, by the way, um, but I would love to see her in like a romance, like an adult. She's so good. Yeah, like an in ad- love stories. A, yeah, like a nice adult, like just two people falling in love mm-hmm. and just. I don't know. I would love to see her do that because I think she could. I mean, like I said, she she's so graceful and so gorgeous and just uh, yeah. And I also would just love. I mean, for as she she does that like really good like Kira Knightley, who's born to like play like period piece, yeah, yeah. like European women. Yeah, um, Michelle Yeoh looks is so good in um, these time period like Wuxia films. But I don't know. Like, I wonder what would it look like to have her in like a modern day like drama right. like love story like. Put her up against, I don't know, who's, like, a hot, like, of-age actor. Um, like, like she's a woman living in the Midwest, and her right. kids have gone to college. Right. And she has some empty nest syndrome. Yes. And a new guy moves in next door. I don't know who. I don't, you know, I don't want to. Right. But, like, and, she, you know, they start, you know, maybe she fixes something for him mm, or whatnot. Mm. And, like, you really play with those gender roles yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, but, like, also, like, the movie, like, does a little nod to her, like, um, acrobatics. Yeah. Like, maybe she's, like, uh, uh, what if she's, like, a matriarch? This was, like, wasn't this the touch? She's a matriarch of, like, <laughs> yes. uh, of an acrobatic family? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, like, you know what? Put her in, like, a burlesque type thing. <laughs> but instead of closing down the bar, it's, like, they're going to close down our circus or, like, some... how <laughs> to close down our circus. They are, well, whatever. I mean, I feel like that's the risk we run every time we record. Someone's going to close down the circus. The circus is about to go down in flames. Um, I guess that wraps up our Michelle Yeoh talk. I hope so much that um, you guys listening will go, like, just watch one of these movies that you haven't heard of. And also, even beyond that, I hope so much that we see Michelle Yeoh, like, on the Oscar red carpet. Yes. And, like, just doing... Like, I hope this movie, uh, Crazy Rich Asians, just, like, launches her career into, like, the stratosphere where it deserves to be. Yeah. Um, and Hollywood takes her seriously uh, 
as uh, this as something else than someone who can punch people in the face, right? Because she fucking can, but also she will punch you. If yeah, she needs to. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, Louis, uh, where can you find us online? We're on Twitter at the Mixed Reviews. Uh, we're on Facebook. If you just search the Mixed Reviews, uh, you can email us. Right, where the yes. reviews mix at gmail.com. At gmail.com, uh, you can find us on Spotify, uh, iTunes, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. Stitcher. Um, Google Play Music, uh, Victrola's, yeah, <laughs> um, iHeartRadio app. Uh, ever, we're just we're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher, please rate and review us. Uh, it helps other people find us. Um, now that we're cheating on you, we're not cheating on you exactly. guys. Um, make new friends, but keep the old. One is silver, and the other is gold. The, the, is that a thing that people say? That is something people say in mm. upstate New York, apparently. Wow. But yeah. Cool. Thank you guys for listening to Thank us. Thank you so much. We'll uh, be back in a couple weeks with a brand new subject. See you then. Bye bye.